Welcome back to the All About Audiology podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lilach Saperstein, and this is the All About Audiology podcast because it's really so many things that intersect with the concept of audiology, the field of audiology, and really what's so important and what we want to put the focus on are the people who need the services of audiology and who are affected by the work of professionals and my colleagues, SLPs and such. So really who the focus is on is on deaf and hard of hearing children who become deaf and hard of hearing adults. That's kind of the whole point of everything we're doing is to support them and support the people who love them. So thank you for being a listener of the show. As a reminder, those of you who are supporters on Patreon, it really means a lot to keep the show going. And today I'm very excited to introduce you to the guest, Kalina Velenor Powell. We are connected on Instagram and we've been really excited to have this chat for so long. So welcome Kalina to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me today. I would love to hear a little bit of your background, how you grew up, and just keep in mind that a lot of people who are listening to the show or reading the full transcript are mostly hearing parents of deaf or hard of hearing children, which is the most common setup there is. And learning from when you have a newborn baby or a toddler saying, what might their life be like in the future? So you sharing your story is really helping so many families. So I won't interrupt anymore. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, my story is very interesting. Get ready for popcorn. I became deaf at the age of four due to an infection. I had an eardrop. The daycare did not properly follow instruction. Unfortunately, that one day I went home, I lost my hand. And literally in one day, my family found out because I didn't realize my TV was on loud. I was in front of the TV, you know, typical four-year-old. And my family thought I was choking and I was just playing around. And I looked at my mom very serious. I said, wait, I can't hear you. And she looked at me like, I called you. And I said, I can't hear. And my mom thought I was joking. So she called my grandma, luckily, my grandma is a nurse, and my grandma was able to come home very quickly from work, try to figure out what was going on with me. My grandma did some testing with me when she came home to see if am I really deaf. And so it looked like I was deaf. So my grandma said to my mom, and said, Kalina is not joking, she is literally deaf. So right on the spot, my grandma and my mom called my family doctor to find out if there's any booking space for me to come in. Mm -hmm. And so we went to my family doctor. We did more testing. At this point, I was very annoyed because I was like, what is happening? I don't know. And I was just getting mad and frustrated. Probably two hours later, my doctor said, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. So from there, my life literally changed. Yeah. A few things are standing out to me. First of all, four years old and you remember it all, the experience of it and how everyone reacted. One piece that we talk about a lot is how much our children and us, when we were children, remember and know and experience. We're full human people, even as children. <laughs> and I think that's one of those big messages that's in my heart always to share and remind parents that even though we have these tiny humans in our care, they really remember, experience our full human emotions and the communication with a child is so crucial. 
And also I want to say big kudos to your mom and your grandma for being so proactive and believing you right away and jumping in to see what was going on. Wow. So what happened next? I went to a hospital called Sickness Hospital to speak with the audiologist to do more testing, get myself a hearing. When I got into Sickness Hospital, it was really funny. I was looking around and I was like, there's a bunch of teddy bears on the wall. I didn't think I was in a hospital, actually. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of kids. It was just really cute. And I felt like I fit in. And when I went to the audiologist and we did the testing booth, in the testing booth, I literally ripped off the tools out of my ears because I was like, why are they sticking my ears? And my grandma literally looked at my face. Stop moving. So that's my new old. She's not playing. Like, I need to behave myself. And so that was being at the hospital. And I didn't know I was in the hospital. I thought I was just doing something in my ears. And so I just really bad in the booth. I was young. I didn't even know what was happening. Why am I keep going to so many different doctors, traveling so much? The hospital, it's like an hour from my house. So I was sitting there for so long, don't know what's going on. So when I came out the booth, my grandma spoke to the audiologist and done a bunch of paperwork. Because my mom was a young mom. She was in college at the time. So she was finishing her college program. My grandma really took over and helped with the bill. The catering is expensive. So now moving forward, now school comes. So that's where my family had a really good discussion in terms of where to put me in. So we found out that there was a deaf school probably like 30 minutes away from my house at the time. And then there's a hearing school, two minutes walk. So my family had to figure out, okay, which school is better for Kalina? So my family came up with a really cool idea. So basically what my grandma and my mom did, I'll be in my deaf school in the morning and then I'll be in the hearing school in the afternoon to help me balance both community and help me learn how to find who I am in both community and especially knowing how to communicate. Can you talk a little about the experience of getting hearing aids or having them? Was it overwhelming? Did you like them? Honestly, I don't remember too much of it. Remember they give it me a hand, the small hearing aid without the tube, and all y'all made me look at it. I'm like, is this a toy? So the audience was very sweet and they showed me a teddy bear with the hair in it to show me that this is what I'm going to be looking like. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be wearing that too, like the teddy bear. It was very cute. And it helped me to build my confidence a little bit more saying that there's more people out there like me. And when I put it in my ears, I did not like it. I took it out quickly. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and they had to write things down on the paper for me to understand how they're four years old. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. And that's a little wow. thing in your ears for a second. And so I don't know how they try to get me to put the thing in my ears. I really don't know. And I finally put the thing in my ears. I left it in my ears and my mom holds my hand. Do not touch it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I put it in my ears. I was shaking my head a lot because it was too loud. And then the audience were trying to adjust the sound for me to see if it was too loud. I just did not like it. I remember the next two days, I literally took the thing and put the thing in the garbage. I don't know who found it in the garbage. I think it's my aunt found it. I don't remember. Very wise. (laughs) You knew what you wanted and what you didn't want. But that transition is so jarring for children. I mean, it is for adults. You know how hard it is for adults who suddenly need hearing aids. And that adjustment period takes days and weeks and even months of getting used to what this device can do for you, retweaking it, going in for appointments and changing, which people say certain environments they feel very comfortable in, but other environments is too loud or they can hear, but they don't understand. These are all such common things that people experience now put all of that on a little kid and there's going to be an adjustment period. So I love the one thing you said about when they put in the hearing aids, mom held your hand 
just to sort of distract you from how it feels and let you have a chance to also listen with it and see if you are actually getting any interest or benefit or curiosity even from what are all these sounds coming in. So that's a really nice tip and a good one to keep the hands busy. Give the kids a toy, like a sensory (laughs) toy. We love slime and Play-Doh. I mean, I don't love those things because they're very messy, but they're good. (laughs) And then another good idea we share often with parents is to turn on a song that they really like or to sing a song that every time it's associated with, this is the hearing aid song or turn on whatever Spotify playlist they love (laughs) to say, okay, now we're going to be doing a listening activity. And here's sort of a prize of what you get to listen to. So you like to listen to, but it really takes time. And I want to encourage all the parents listening that there are so many strategies and there are ideas, but we have to realize that this is a difficult process. I'm assuming you got through that time. Now, do you use your hearing aids or no? Yes. I always use my hearing aids like no tomorrow. (laughs) My hearing aids is Bluetooth, so that is my lifesaver. I'm able to hear very well through cell phones now. No more struggles. <laughs> wow. So you have the audio coming out of your phone or whatever device go right to your hearing aids. That's a really, really wonderful feature with no other device in between, right? You don't have anything around your neck or anything. And that's newer technology over the last three to five years. Things have so much connectivity. <laughs> Great. So take me back to when you were in school and you were in both of these schools. So you had a foot in each world. What was that experience like? So the both school experience was really good, but I did have challenges a lot in the hand community and the deaf school. I had a bit challenge in terms of, I would say, finding myself in the two communities. I didn't know how to represent myself. I didn't know that my personality could be split. Wow. And I thought I was more myself in the school versus the hearing school. I was so shut down and so out because there's no one in there like myself. And because the teachers in the hearing school was not accommodating, I was basically a lot of the teachers first deaf students. And they think they're helping me, but they're not. I would try to tell them, like, hey, like, it's not working. Especially the FM system and the hearing school, they were not following instruction. And that was a challenge for me to kind of do on my own. I left the deaf school because my family said it was too much for them because they're going back and forth. And my mom had to work, my grandma had to work. It wasn't fair for my aunt. My aunt was actually in middle school at the time when I was born. So it wasn't fair for her. So it was very challenging. And I think it was in grade two, I left the deaf school. I was bullied a lot in the hearing school, a lot, to the point where I got bruises on my arms. It was just really disgusting. It was really bad. And thank goodness for my two best friends to this day. They were the ones that kind of stood up for me and bullied the bully back with me. <laughs> so obviously of course I did bully to bully back to make a difference but I didn't really make a difference however it happened right when you're young you do little things that you're not supposed to I was that typical girl that like I'm gonna do things on my own being transferred to two different communities I learned about how to be advocate for myself the deaf school really taught me that if you need this you say this when you were at the deaf school were you learning sign there and did your family learn sign how did that go none of my family knows how to sign at all i did pick up signing when i was in the deaf school because i stopped with two so i was not able to continue signing and when i went to the hearing school nobody did signing either so i didn't learn at all and do you feel like that's something that you're more comfortable with even you saying you picked it up is saying a lot about how natural it is, how accessible it is as a visual language. I'm curious about your thoughts on that being one of the biggest decisions that parents face as well. 
it's been a lot easier listening than having to read lip, you know. I would consistently read lip 24-7. But it gets tiring and draining. So my family chose not to do good because they want me to be independent when I get older, especially if I want to make a phone call on my own. So that was my family's decision. Yeah, it's very, very difficult to weigh all the pros and cons. And they tried to put you in a community where you were understood and everything was more comfortable. Like the way you said you were more yourself among your peers who were also communicating the same way that you were. Whereas in the hearing school, you're sort of swimming upstream. And at the same time, you did get all of these skills of advocating for yourself and really succeeding through there. So it's really one of those big decisions that parents make. And there's not one right answer. Even looking back, you can't change what they knew at the time. But I always find it very important to bring to people's attention that the first thing you mentioned was about your self-identity, your self-concept. This is actually something I teach my students now. I'm teaching a university level course about auditory oral rehab and counseling aspect, all the things that I'm very passionate about. And we talked a lot about what it means to help a child develop their self-concept, who they are, not just their identity as an individual, but what community are they part of about belonging. And that's not usually a conversation you have with an audiologist. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm curious how that plays out in your life today, if you don't mind sharing a little about what you're up to nowadays. A lot of things change. You know, being 24 years old, graduating from psychology, and now I'm doing mental health in addition program because I am studying my own mental health business for people who are deaf and who have disability as well. So my goal is to help and teach the deaf community how to advocate for themselves in the hand community and tell them that they can do what they want to do and that they shouldn't feel cheap just because the tool is not available. And I want to teach the deaf community that technology are changing. The future is here, then back to do new things. And I tell people, you can do it. So that's why I'm doing my coaching business to help people. I do one-on-one family and couples. And my second thing I'm doing now is I'm writing a book. It's called Every Day I Am Just Deaf. So it's about me being deaf in the hearing community. So that way, the hearing community can have an idea of what it's like to be deaf. And that's something I love to do. That is incredible. So many things that you are using your experiences to pass it on forward. And I think it's really helpful for families to hear and realize that there's so much out there, so many amazing people who share their stories and also support you. So that's really good to know that you're doing that. Specifically about the idea that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing decision. You're either in or out in either side of the spectrum, but there's so much that can be incorporated and building a bridge in our different experiences. That's really special. Thank you. Would you tell us one piece of advice that you really hope that most of our listeners will take to heart as they support the children that they work with or the children that they love? I would say that every children are different. And I feel like a lot of people get that confused. For me, I don't know what like but I'm a deaf person. So my advice is really uh, just a lot of kids to get out there and let them find themselves because it, it's hard. And it's difficult, but in the end, it will be a sunlight. Ooh, <laughs> I feel warm. I feel the sunlight, even though it is right around 9.30 p.m. where I am. <laughs> that is very warming and beautiful thing to hear. Thank you so much for your encouragement. If families want to reach out to you 
or we want to hear about your book, where should we be following you? So if you really want to know when the book is coming out, go on my website, CanadianPowerMate.com, and there'll be a pop-up. Never miss an email. So you're going to be on my email list. I will send you an email on when is my book coming out, and you can pre-order in the meantime while you are waiting for my book. And for social media, you can follow me on my Instagram, which is ZepQueenBoss. That is so awesome. We'll have all of those links in the show notes at allaboutaudiology.com as well as wherever you get your podcasts. The All About Audiology podcast is there with a full transcript and all of the links that we mentioned. Okay, thank you so much. This is the All About Audiology podcast, and I am Dr. Lilaf Saperstein.